Hey there, and welcome back to the Rather Be Sweating podcast. I'm your host, Maria McBride, and I am super psyched for this episode today. I convinced my husband, Ben, to let me interview him for today's episode. And I love listening as he explains his experience practicing yoga, starting out as a newbie, and what it's done for his life. There's no more introduction needed, so let's just get started. Okay, so I am here with Ben McBride, who happens to be my husband and- Partner, uh, teammate. (laughs) Yeah, my husband, my partner, my teammate, and he's actually uh, an original hot yogi as well. So I figured for the past several episodes, you know, you've been hearing from me and I have one perspective as a woman, as a mother, as a yoga teacher, as the studio owner. So I can get a little biased. There's no doubt about it. So I figured it'd be really great to bring Ben on because, you know, he's been practicing original hot yoga for quite some time and he loves all of the classes that we offer at Hometown sweat, but he's not a teacher and he doesn't own the studio and he's a guy and a dad. So he offers a unique and different perspective than a lot of times what you will hear from me. And something that's really interesting is that he was not always a believer in this incredible yoga that has become totally my life. Ben, why don't you tell everybody, if you would, how long you have been practicing original hot yoga for? I have been practicing original hot yoga now for 15 years. Uh, 2007 was my first class. Wow. So were you practicing consistently since 2007? Was it a sort of took the class and never looked back experience? Some people have that experience, but that was absolutely not my experience. I I took my first class because it was something to do um, with you. It was a physical activity, which I always like, but this particular type of class was really difficult for me um, at, at the beginning. And so I was definitely not hooked right at the you know first class. What, what made it so difficult for you? What, what was sort of maybe your expectation going into it and how did it all play out? Well, the heat for one, I was definitely not accustomed to being in extreme heat like that. It was really uncomfortable. I didn't like sweating as much as I did. And this was somebody, I mean, I'm very active, but that was, um, I started to breathe a little bit uh, too much through my mouth and had to leave the room in my first class. Nothing wrong with leaving the room, but I definitely could have been doing things a little bit better to take care of myself. You took that first class in 2007. Years went by, you know, I obviously was hooked from the beginning and became a teacher. So when did you start to go at it a little bit more consistently? I moved to Massachusetts in 2008 and I joined a baseball team, pretty competitive baseball team playing out of Boston. And I had also, you know, I wasn't in college anymore working out. So I was working a day job and I'd go to these games at 7.38 p.m. I'd go play with a bunch of guys who were still in college and realized pretty quickly that when you're not, you know, if you don't exercise and, and do all this stuff, you lose that flexibility and you lose strength. And I started to come up with injuries. You know, I'd be driving up to New Hampshire on sales calls during the day, and then I'd get out of the car and jump right into a baseball game and think I could steal second and not pull my hamstring. <laughs> like I was lying to myself. And so I would get hurt. Uh, you would actually say, you know, you should try this. It really help you to recover faster. And so I'd go in to take class. I'd feel better. And then I'd keep class on the back burner. It was just not something I had any interest in doing regularly. It was a something I'd use to fix a problem. So it was sort of like uh, in an acute situation when something was going really wrong or you felt really bad, you thought, okay, I can get in and take that class now. 
Exactly. There was a time in particular too, it was probably right around, I don't know, 2009, 2010. I played like an entire day of baseball. The next morning I woke up, I turned my head to look at the alarm clock and I pinched a nerve in my neck and I could barely get out of bed. And, and this I, I is when you were like not even 30. So oh, this yeah, is I was, young. I was 27. I'd never done that before. It was scary. I could barely look up or down or even like move. And I thought, okay, well, there's my season. The rest of the baseball season that I just practiced for is over. And you convinced me to go into class. I took, I literally laid there almost the entire class. I barely did anything. So we're talking a 90 minute hot yoga, original hot yoga class. You just went in. Yeah, I laid there. That was tough for me because my whole mentality was, you know, go harder, go home, like do go 110% or else you're not getting the benefit. And that's something that actually I want to touch on later because that was a big transformation for me uh, in how to practice and take care of yourself. But, um, you know, it was, it was really just something I'd go in to, to fix um, and laying in the room that helped enough. I took another one where I did a little bit more the next day. And then that night I played in a baseball game and I was like, okay, this really, really works. It can heal you. So you went in 48 hours from thinking my season's done to playing in a game. Yeah. So that, that was probably the first big thing too, where I was like, okay, this, there's some kind of magic with this, but I still wasn't sold on having a regular practice despite your best efforts. Like I'll interject and say that I was definitely trying to convince you to take classes and to make this part of your life. I wanted so badly for you to be in that hot room a couple of times a week and do the practice and us to be able to bond over it. For anybody listening who's in that same situation, wanting a loved one to to try it, to do it, you just know how good it would feel for them. That was that was me. And it was a it was a big deal for us. How did that make you feel having your partner nonstop try to convince you to take this damn yoga class? I think that when you're not ready for it. It can be a little bit much to, you know, if somebody pushes you to do something, sometimes it's natural instinct to push back. So I, I really pushed back and I'm not really one to just to give lip service and say, yeah, yeah, I'll go, go. And then I do it. So I would just say, no, I'm not interested. And I think that that couldn't have felt good for you. It didn't feel good for me to say it, but I also had to kind of stand my ground, but I appreciate that you, you know, you didn't stop telling me about the benefits on a regular basis. And, you know, so then, you know, a few years later, I opened the studio and you were taking, I guess, sporadic classes when you felt really hurt and really injured, you'd get in for class and fix your neck so you could play in your game or fix your back so you could swing the golf club. And then I opened the studio and you still didn't really even get in all that much. You were there and you were a huge supporter, but you didn't practice a lot until I guess we had been open for about two years. So you took your first class in 2007, five years later, it became something that you knew you were going to do for the rest of your life. I definitely had seen the physical benefits that you could get from the yoga and the recovery um, and was even getting more accustomed to the heat. Uh, But in 2012, I know exactly when I became a big believer in just everything about the yoga and having a regular practice was because I got laid off from my job. It was like my first 
real job that I'd had for a while. And there was a big layoff and I was part of it. And, and I, I kind of took it personally. It was, it was a blow to my confidence. I just didn't feel good. And I was panicking because I was thinking like, okay, what am I going to do next? At your suggestion, you said, you know, you should just take class, go get in every minute you can. And so I remember I took 14 days in a row just straight 90 minute yoga classes. I felt so good after these classes and my, I felt confident. I felt like, okay, I just did something today. And I remember telling myself any interview I have, I have to schedule it so that I can do it right after a yoga class because I was in such a good place after these yoga classes and it ended up working out. But that was, that was definitely a turning point for me where I think having it cue into my, the mental benefit that a regular practice can provide. That was a kicker. At that point, would it be safe to say that you kind of never looked back? The yoga was going to be part of your life. At that point, it became uh, proactive. Uh, that was something where I was like, okay, I need to get in before I'm hurt or before I'm not feeling great. So obviously, you know, you don't have to feel great going in, but it often changes when you leave the room to where you feel a lot better. So about a year and a half after you got hooked on the yoga, we had a baby. Our first little guy or big guy was born. <laughs> you became a dad. I talk a lot about motherhood and yoga and pregnancy and yoga and how that experience was for me. But what happens when you become a dad? What happens to your body? Hmm. Yeah, a lot. The first piece of advice I gave my brother who had kids a little bit later than me, I said, get in shape before you have kids because they kind of wear you down. What in terms of wearing you down that yoga can help? Joseph was 10 pounds when he was born. And I like I was carrying him in a stroller on one side. So that right there, there's no balance to it. You know, when you're carrying a, when oh, I, a little bucket. Yeah, seat. I was carrying a bucket seat. And then, you know, I was leaning into a car to put him into a car seat. You're never able to lift with your legs, you know, carrying a, a newborn or a, a, an infant. I was leaning into cribs to pick him up. And it's just there's no good. There was no good way for me. I felt like to lift properly. And so my back would kind of tense up and the yoga really helped with that. Thinking about parenthood, how and why do you prioritize practicing your yoga? You can't pour from an empty cup. And uh, as a parent, I feel like I'm relied on a lot as most parents I'm sure feel. And I want to be there to do everything I need to. And so there's a real emphasis for me on, on like prioritizing time for myself, 90 minutes in the hot room, taking an Inferno Hot Pilates class, finding those times to prioritize. Because again, as when you, when I first became a dad, I realized all of a sudden that I, I need to do more with less free time and really had to schedule it out, make sure to make sure that I'm doing these things. They can quickly, they could quickly get lost if I didn't prioritize them. You're obviously not a college baseball player anymore, but I know you didn't give up your competitive edge. Talk a little bit about what you do for competition outside the yoga room and how the yoga helps you. So I, up until actually the pandemic, I played softball. Um, softball was just something fun to go and, you know, keep playing on the diamond in some form was not super competitive, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and also it, it was something that, uh, you know, you're still running, you're still doing overhand throws from, you know, shortstop to first and without being in shape or, you know, stretching regularly, that stuff can lead to injury. So I'll uh, interject and say, I'd be pretty mad if you came home hurt 
from a softball game. Uh, it has happened. <laughs> and then, and I play, I play golf whenever I get the chance to, and that, that was something that, um, to kind of scratch the competitive itch, I thought, you know what, you know, maybe I will enter into some tournaments and things like that. I kind of set some goals for myself as far as where I wanted to be for a handicap and also pretty quickly realized that the guys you watch on TV, the men and women, you know, in the PGA and LPGA, such a big part of golf is mobility and to get into the positions that you need to be to strike the ball well. The yoga has been a huge help for that, not to mention to be able to stand over a three foot putt in a tournament where there are no gimmies and be able to regulate your breathing so that you can relax and put a good putting stroke on it. Let's switch gears a little bit and go from talking about being competitive outside of the yoga room to being competitive, or I guess, lack of competition in the yoga room. You know, you have had an athletic background and played a lot of sports and you still like to compete. So how does your mindset change when you take a yoga class. When I was using yoga as a way to fix an injury, I wanted to get as I wanted to just extract as much benefit out of every class as I could. And my thought was, okay, I'm just going to I'm going to push. I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to try as hard as I can. And sometimes that was actually counterproductive. Um, there was actually one time where I had spasm in my lower back. And I went in for a 7.30 a.m. class, which I wasn't particularly loose to begin with. And I tried to do some forward bending with a spasming back. I thought, you know what, I'll stretch it out this way. And it did not feel good. I felt a tweak and a warning shot in my back. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I just shouldn't you know, do this. I came back and actually we talked, you and I, and you said, I, t I told you what happened. You said, okay, well, did you rest during those postures like the forward did you do forward bends I was like yeah I did every one I did them as hard as I could and you were like uh yeah don't do those just do spine strengthening do do what you can but if if it's making you feel pain don't do it and so I actually went back later in the afternoon for another class I did what I could. It wasn't a ton, but the spine strengthening helped. Then continued that and realized that it doesn't always mean you need to be dialed up to 11 to get the the most benefit. And, and I feel like for me, that's another benefit to a regular practice. Because if I'm going to try and get as much benefit out of one class and get fixed as fast as possible versus if I'm going and I know I'm going again tomorrow and tomorrow I might be able to do this move, but today I can't. Today is not going to be the day. So I'm going to do what I can. It's just a different mindset, one of a little bit more patience and compassion with yourself versus one that's almost using the yoga as you know an aggressive way to fix yourself. For people coming in for the first time who have that sort of competitive nature, they want to do their best, give it a hundred percent. What's your elevator pitch advice to them? Make it a regular thing. Go four times in a week, make that a plan. Don't think that doing one class is going to fix you. So start with going four times in a week. Right off the bat, you're creating a habit. Yes. And if you can make it four times in a week, most people's weeks are busy enough that like that's that's going to create an, a, a real, you're going to need a plan for that and make an effort. You know, you've been around obviously for the evolution of the studio of Hometown Sweat. You were a big advocate for me adding Inferno Hot Pilates. What does that class mean to you? Last week we did the episode about Inferno Hot Pilates and- I'd love to hear from your perspective, because what I remember is that I came home from taking that first Inferno class. I wasn't able to do more than half the stuff. 
And you really pushed me to start practicing these moves, practicing these squats, these push-ups, these glute bridges. What did you see in that style of movement of sweating that you felt like was important? For me, I, I saw a lot of movements that are, are pretty simple movements, but that can really build strength. And I feel as though, I felt as though the Pilates was a fantastic complement to the yoga because, you know, the yoga does, can calm me down. It can help me become more flexible. And then the Pilates helps me to really build strength. That, that like complementary aspect of how those two, if you take yoga and Pilates, you, you're definitely like, I feel the benefits for sure. Do you notice that the classes literally help one another? Absolutely. I mean, as soon as I started doing the Pilates, I realized how weak my core was. I was not fully aware and it helped me to be able to do a lot of those compression postures where again, where, you know, you're trying to touch your head to your knee and you're really working that kind of forward bend. So it helped a lot there. Uh, helped out with balance. Just ask anybody who's done, you know, eight sets of frog squats, you're going to build up strength in your legs. And then in the yoga class, that translates to being able to hold those postures. What about some of the more mental, emotional benefits that you get from both classes? I just think about the compassion that it breeds. And if you felt that at all, being part of the community or even dealing with people outside of the studio. One thing that I've realized is that I never know exactly what's going on in somebody's life, what they went through that day, why they're in there, what brought them in to take class that day. Taking that outside of the hot room, I feel like I'm definitely a more patient person instead of losing my temper or getting upset and not giving that person a fair shake. I just think, hey, you know what? They're going through something too. I have no idea what it is, but it's something. And I'm not going to push it. What's the feeling that you get when you walk into this yoga class or hot Pilates, you see a room full of completely different people, all walks of life showing up to do the same workout. I love it. It's the great equalizer. We've experienced as a couple, me nagging you to go to class and you being nagged to go to class. And I fully admit that's what it was. It was definitely a bit of nagging. What would you tell someone who is nagging their partner or their kid or their friend? You've got to do that yoga class. You've got to go. You've got to go. And their loved one is just not going. What would you tell that person frustrated who's doing the nagging? I would say don't give up because you know the benefits that are going to help whoever it is that you're trying to to help out. Um, and as much as maybe there's pushback sometimes or resistance, don't give up because whoever that person is will go when they're ready and they'll thank you for it. And what about the person being nagged? What would you tell them? Have an open mind and just know that they're trying to help you. That, that's it. They're trying to help. That wraps up today's episode on the Rather Be Sweating podcast. If you have a moment and would leave a review on iTunes, I would so appreciate it. I'm your host, Maria McBride. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.